Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. Brothers, how are you guys doing today? Doing very well. Excellent, thank you. Jonathan, Outstanding. How, ex- I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry, Phil. No, no, no. That's okay. You're Go important. Ahead. Thank you. <laughs> you are important. <laughs> Jonathan, how are you doing? Um, how's treatment going with the cancer? Well, I do radiation chemo every day. In fact, I'll leave here to do radiation, uh, you know, just after we finish up. Um, it's been going well. Uh, you know, second weekend, or third weekend, it, you know, you've, you're feeling the effects on in your body a little bit more. So um, I'm conscious of it. I'm, you know, I don't know that my body is fully aware that it's being... Uh, poison daily, yeah. but it's it's getting there. I'm I'm starting to feel some of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're glad you're here with us today. It does look like maybe it, you lost some hair over this. Yeah, I, I had a haircut. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm a bald guy anyway, so I just kind of shave it down pretty close. That's the Bruce but, Willis yeah, look, man. Yeah, it's already it's already <laughs> happening. It's already happening. You know, I do don't I don't think that I will ever have hair again. <laughs> Well, we have been uh, answering questions from our listeners, um, from the scores and scores of listeners. That, that That's sarcasm, by the way. I, I know that's really difficult to communicate over the airwaves from the tens and tens of listeners that tune into the, to the broadcast. But we are continuing that today. And so um, the question for today is this. Are all sins equal? Do they all get punished the same? And then uh, I guess the third part is how does James 2.10 relate to this discussion? Let me read James 2.10 real quick so that our listeners um, understand where the question is coming from. James 2.10 says, Whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. Are all sins equal? All sins are equal in the sight of God with regard to that all um, demand his just punishment um, because every sin is at its base uh, an affront to the authority of God. And so every sin, um, to quote R.C. Sproul, is cosmic treason. It's really a a defiance of God and saying that I am not— um, underneath your authority, and I can live as I please. So in that sense, every sin is equal because every sin is uh, a challenge to God's holiness and his righteousness, his authority, and his justice. Mm-hmm. However, not all sins are equal in the fact that the effect of sin um, differs greatly. Um Sometimes you have this this interesting concept that people have of, 
well, if I've lusted after a, a woman, well, I might as well commit adultery um, because it's the same thing. Because they look at what Jesus yep. taught in the Sermon on the Mount and says, well, Jesus said that to lust after a woman is to commit adultery with her. So if I've done the one, I might as well do the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that falls apart on just so many levels. Because if I would lust after someone, the only person that would know that is me. Mm-hmm. Right. And naturally, God knows all things. But for me to commit adultery is now um, to bring in so much more um, difficulty and distress and sin that now touches multiple lives. Um, Oh, if David had just simply lusted after Bathsheba. But he didn't. He took the next step, which then meant that there were all of this host of consequences. Sin takes you further than you want to go. And... and uh, you know, on that same line, we're told in in First Corinthians six eighteen, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own; you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So there, um, even right there, there's a distinction. You know, there there are sins that are committed that are outside of us. Um, and there are sins that are committed, uh, you know, even against our own body. We we will suffer those effects, and I think that it is also demonstrable of how sin is punished by God. Um, you know, there are we 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 need to be aware that uh, sin is falling short of the glory of God, and there's ways in which we do that. We do it by omission and commission. We do it in 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 thought, word, and deed. And and the worst of those is doing it in deed. And, you know, the worst in terms of the effects on society, the effects on our family, the effects, uh, you know, that we would have in the church, the the fact that God's glory is, you know, brought into ill repute. Um, So, yes, I believe there are degrees to the punishment of that sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would agree with all that. And I I would also say that uh, we definitely want to start at the place um, of acknowledging that all, yes, sin has different consequences, but it's absolutely essential that we start at the place of saying all sin is an affront to God. The, mm-hmm. the temptation, whenever the topic of sin comes up, is that yeah, <clears throat> my sins, brothers, and I'm speaking here facetiously, and, and this is the temptation, m- my sins are really minor. Yours, you know, are another thing. You know, your yours obviously are, are very serious and, um, you know, and, and and very harmful. My sins, I can always justify, uh, and it's really very minor. And I have a who have I heard after all? And no bunk. All sin is an affront to a holy God uh, who has loved me and sent His Son for me. Yeah, and uh, so my my sin required the death of Jesus on the cross from to to win my reconciliation to my heavenly father yeah. so wow my savior said my sin was so serious that it required his death on the cross so is my sin minor absolutely not it it, it is absolutely huge and there's no I'm, I'm, I deceive myself if I try to make a distinction between my sin and the sins of others, or if I try to justify myself 
by saying my sins are minor and uh wow that, that's dangerous territory not, not only that um romans one tells us that the root of all sin um whether they're, they're the secret thoughts of the heart mm-hmm. or they're very you know outward uh sexual immoral sins or murder or i'm um, just name one all of it springs from the same exact root. Right. Uh, Paul says uh, that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Why? Because men are suppressing the truth. What truth? The truth that God is eternal and glorious and worthy of all of our worship. And so because men have done that, they've turned from the creator to the creature. And because of that, God is angry and therefore he turns them over right. to these other sins. I mean, if, so- if someone were to say... Man, when is uh, when is God going to judge this country for you know its its wickedness in abortion or its wickedness in sexual morality or whatever? Rome, Paul answers that is the judgment. I mean, it's it's not as if there's not going to be additional judgment, but those things are the judgment of people already turning away from God. That's that's Paul's argument in Romans one. And I think so often we just get confused um, thinking about sin. I mean, just listen to people when they're talking about people that have these great testimonies. There was air quotes right there, great <laughs> testimonies. Um, that somehow it took more of God's grace to save a prodigal son, somebody that had wandered into this um, quote-unquote very sinful lifestyle. Yeah. Um, that just reveals that we really don't understand, and this is getting back to what Phil was talking about earlier, we, we really don't understand the sin in our own heart. Yeah. Um, right. I don't have as many gross sins in my life because God graciously allowed me to grow up within a Christian home and within a Christian community and a church, and I was surrounded by the Word of God, and and there was a protective grace. A restraining. Um, But it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because that evil didn't reside within. I was just as capable of all of those external gross sins as anybody else. I just... For whatever reason, I don't understand it, but he kept me by his grace from going down a path that my heart would have wanted to do. Yes. Um, and so I still glory in God's great grace of redemption for my sinful heart, yeah. um, despite the fact that I he kept me from all of these external committing of these, of these sins. We're yeah. told in God's word that uh, those the Lord loves, he disciplines. And, you know, he doesn't... He doesn't let our sins just continue on. In fact, uh, David the psalmist uh, talks about in Psalm 118.18, he says, The Lord disciplined me severely, but he's not given me over to death. So there, 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 you know, there are light afflictions and there are severe disciplines from God uh, as well for the things that we do, mm-hmm. even in this life. So I would expect that that's also true of eternity. Yeah, you know, Jesus said, beware the leaven of the scribes and Pharisees. And what is the leaven of the Pharisees? What's the essence of Pharisaism? It's a self-righteousness that grows out of thinking that the line between righteousness and sin is outside of me, and it's between you, me and you, whoever you are. And I can always, if I want to play the game, if I want to play the game of Pharisaism, I can always find somebody who in my mind is lower on the moral totem pole than I am yep. and justify myself by thinking, well, yeah, I'm a sinner, but 
not like this guy over here. Remember, Jesus told a story about that. Uh, <laughs> God, I thank thee that I'm not like other men. Yeah. I'm actually beginning to wonder if this is why Phil likes to spend time with me. Yes. <laughs> it's so encouraging. But, yeah. uh, well, you know, um, the great uh, Russian novelist Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he said that the line between good and evil runs right down the middle of every human heart. Mm-hmm. And that was a profoundly biblical insight. He, he was a Christian, by the way. And uh, that that's where conviction begins and, and our knowing the need for grace is to see that wickedness and sin in my own heart. And when I, when I try to compare myself to others, the, the essence of Pharisaism is comparison. Yep. I compare myself to somebody else and, and, and in that comparison justify myself. Be very careful of that, Christian. I or, think I think the I think one of the other difficulties about this discussion is because I think there are some liberals that would press back and say, "Oh yeah, so all sins are equal." Then what are you Christians being so down on homosexuality or or whatever other sin of the current hour? Can you guys address that real quick? Like a minute left. How how would you answer that question? Hmm. Why are you guys picking on on this particular sin? I think what you find is that what you're saying is that we're all made as image bearers, and there are some sins that. Um, are more of an affront to the image of God um, than others. And so every sin is a challenge to his authority. Um, But some sins are more, and this is where Romans 1 is coming in, More some sins are are very much a a challenge to God in saying, not only do I challenge your authority, but I challenge my identity as an image bearer, and I want to be as far removed as an image bearer as I possibly can. And I think there's where you have some of the, and I don't think we should be just talking about homosexuality and, and all of these other sins that somehow get more of the limelight. But I do think that some of those sins are more of a direct challenge to 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 God. Well, there's or, certainly a challenge if someone's saying it's okay to do this. That's yeah, correct. and and the bottom line is is that that you know they exchange the truth about God for a lie. There's a you are promoting a lie uh, to say these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I'm not saying, hey, go out and be angry, go out and kill somebody. Right. I mean, I'm not encouraging people right. to sin. Right. And right. what you have in this particular case is people are actually encouraging people to to live exactly. sinful lifestyles. Yeah. Right. Because our identity as Christians is in Christ, is not in any of our sins that we have been delivered from. All right, well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 